This is a Nordic myth called the building of the walls of Asgard. Now in a time before time, in a day before days, lived the god Odin with his two brothers Vili and V. There was a huge frost giant who also lived in those days too, called Ymir. And the three brothers hated Ymir and all the race of giants that came from him. And one day they killed him, and many wounds was on his body, and blood flowed from all these wounds, and they used the blood to create the oceans and the rivers and lakes. And then they made the world from the body of Emer. From his unbroken bones they made the mountains. From his broken bones and teeth they made boulders, rocks and stones. His flesh they made earth. And from his hair they made all the trees and all the plants that grow. They took his skull and they set it up to be the vault of heaven. They created the sky from it. And under each of the four corners of the skull, they placed a dwarf. One was called north, one was south, one was east, and one was west. Now, they took the brains of the giant as well, and they threw it up into the heavens, and they formed the clouds that drift along there. Now, they also took the giant's eyebrows, and they fashioned great ridges with them that encircled the land, and this separated that land from the homes of the giants, and this they called Midgarth, Middle Earth. Now, there were two groups of gods, the Aesir and the Vanir, and they had a great war together early on, in the early days before men came. And the war was so devastating that the Vanir, who were gods of nature, they were gods of then the wild, uh, they were fertility gods, but they were also very powerful sorcerers. And they used battle magic. And their battle magic destroyed the walls around Asgard, which was the place where the Aesir lived. The Vanar lived in Vanaheim. Now the walls around Asgard were reduced to rubble, broken down to dust, now, realizing that two groups of gods are never really going to defeat each other in battle, they had a truce, and they sent hostages to either side. Uh, Hodder was sent to Vanaheim along with Mimer. But the thing was that they didn't think that they'd got a very good deal, because the hostages that they'd sent to Asgard was Njord with his twin children Frey and Freya. 
Now Frey means lord, and Freya means lady. And Freya was the most beautiful of all of the goddesses. Her beauty was beyond the words of a mortal man to be able to express. Now, they had, the Vanna had thought that this was not a very good deal, and they ended up killing Mimer and sending his head back to Odin. Now, Mimer was a very, very wise god. He was far, far wiser than anyone else. And the one god who really wanted wisdom was Odin. Now, Odin smeared Mimer's head with of ointments and herbs to prevent it from decay. And also he ch chanted charms over the head until the eyes opened and speech was restored. And then Mamer could give advice. And he was placed above a well, which was the well of wisdom. Odin himself wanted a drink from that well, but was told he would have to give a sacrifice for it. So he plucked out his left eye and threw it into the well, and then he drank deep. And he became all-knowing. Now, the walls of Asgard lay there, smashed and broken, home now for the eagles and the ravens, but no use for defence against the giants who were the enemies of the gods. Their land was outside of Midgard, where the gods lived in the heavens was above Midgarth, and the realm of the dead was below Midgarth. Now, one day, a man was seen riding on a tall stallion up over Bifrost, the flaming rainbow bridge that links the realm of the gods to the realm of men. And the god Heimdall watched him approaching. Heimdall has got eyes so sharp he can see for hundreds and hundreds of miles, and his hearing is so acute he can hear the wool grow on the back of a sheep. Now he stopped the man, and smiling with his golden teeth, he said, Who are you that approaches the realm of the gods? That is my business, he said and I will not tell you why I am here until I am before all the assembled gods and goddesses. Well, Heimdall was not very happy about that, but he led the stranger to Gladsheim, a great gathering hall of Odin's, and there on seven high seats there was Odin and the head of the gods and goddesses, and the rest of them were all crowded around about where the stranger was brought in amongst them. "'Who are you, and what do you want?' asks Odin. "'I am here to make an offer,' said the strange man. "'I can rebuild the walls of Asgard for you, 
I can build them stronger than they were. I can build them higher than they were. And I can do this all in 18 months. But I must be paid for it, and paid accordingly. Hmm. Yes, said Odin, and he stared at him, fixed him with his one eye. And he said, And what is the fee that you are looking for? The fee for this, I think, is well deserved. I want Freya as my wife. What? You want Freya as your wife? Well, there was a cry of outrage from all the gods and goddesses, and Freya herself sat upright in her chair and bristled with fury. How dare anyone come and claim her as a bride? Well, she was absolutely furious. And then the stranger said, Oh, and there's another thing, too. There's another thing, said Odin. Isn't Freya, as your wife, payment enough? No. I also want the sun and the moon. You want Freya and the sun and the moon? That's my terms. That's my fee. And if you agree, I will rebuild your walls stronger and higher than ever they were in eighteen months. Well, there was a huge outcry. No, there was no way that this could happen. But a voice spoke up among all the rest. A voice that dripped with cunning. It was the voice of Loki. Loki the shapeshifter. Loki the trickster. And Loki said, Now don't be so hasty here. You're always so quick to make decisions. Let us talk about this at least. It is only right that we should at least do this stranger the honour of discussing it properly. So it was agreed and the stranger was told to go outside and wait while they debated in private. Well, Freya couldn't believe what she was hearing. They were actually talking about the possibility of marrying her off to some stranger, and she wept. And when Freya wept, oh, it was no salt water that trickled down her cheeks, but gold. She wept pure gold, and soon the gold was scattered around her seat. What is it that you are proposing, Loki? said Odin. Just this. We should agree to his terms. What? Agree to the terms? Yes, we should agree to the terms, but we should tell him that he has got only six months to do the work in, not eighteen. Well, it's not possible to do the work in that time. Well, of course it isn't, said Loki. Of course it isn't possible. How could it be possible? But think about it. 
He will do six months' work for us. I mean, before the man is boasting that he can build the way that he is saying, he must be a fine mason. And we will have six months' work done on the walls without costing us a penny. Ah, said Odin. I see. Yes. I like the way that your tricky mind works, Loki. <laughs> yes, we will agree to this indeed. And that will be the terms. So the stranger was summoned back in, and he came in a huge man, absolutely bristling with muscles. We have discussed this, and we are agreed to accept your terms, said Odin. Only you have to do it in six months. Six months, said the man. That's not possible. That's our terms, six months. And if you can do it in that time, then you will have Freya as your wife, and you will have the sun and the moon. Six months, he said. Surely that is our terms. Well, this is my terms, he said. I want to be able to use my horse. You're not allowed any help, said Odin. My horse, Svedalfari, I want him to help me with the building. And then Loki piped up again. Odin, Odin, you're always so hasty. What harm can it do to let the man use his horse? Well, I suppose so. Okay, you and your horse, six months. Tomorrow it's the first day of winter. When it is the first day of summer, then the walls have to be finished. Not a day longer. And if you can't finish in that time, you will receive no payment. Agreed. And also, said the man, I want you to swear that while I am here working in your realm, that I will not be attacked or murdered by anyone here. That is agreed. You have the protection of Odin. So the man smiled. A sly smile. And he turned around and he walked out the door. Now that night, just to get the work going quicker, he took his horse, Svadalfari, down to a huge rocky outcrop on the side of a mountain. And he started to quarry rock there. And he had a huge net that was suspended from the back of his stallion. And he filled this net with huge rocks. The strength of this man was amazing. It was second only to Thor in power. Well, he filled the net full of rocks, and then Svadalvari dragged the rocks, dragged this net all the way up, to where he was to start work. Back to the quarry they went. The net was filled again, and Svedalfari 
drag the rocks back up the slope. So in the morning, when the gods woke up and looked out to see what the giant man was doing, they saw to their alarm that there was a huge pile of rocks all laid out, and he was starting to shape, to shape the rocks and to put them in place. Well, that was alarming. They didn't know that this stallion had such strength that he could pull loads like that. Had they known that, they would never have let him have use of the horse, but it was too late now. Oaths had been sworn. Now, time passed, and this man toiled endlessly, day and night, when he slept, they had no idea. He seemed to work constantly, and all night long the stallion was pulling up net after net of huge rocks, and then during the day he was shaping them and putting them in place, and the walls started to rise at an alarming speed, and they started to encompass the whole city the whole realm of Asgard. Well, the gods were getting worried. They were getting very worried indeed, no more so than Freya was. Now, they watched with dismay as the walls soared higher than they had been before and wider than they had been before and stronger than they'd ever been. And still the man carried on working relentlessly. And so, three days before the time was set to expire, three days before the first day of summer, there was only a small amount of work to do, a small section of the wall and the gateway that led into it. Well... The gods were starting to panic, and again Odin called all of them back to his hall at Gladsheim. And then he said, Whose idea was it to let this man work for six months? And whose idea was it that he should be able to use his stallion? Well, all eyes turned towards Loki, and Odin went over to Loki, and he grabbed him by the shoulder, and his knuckles went white. And Loki winced in pain, and said, How was I to know? How was I to know? I mean, it was only a horse. It's no ordinary horse, though, is it? And now we are in trouble. We will lose the most beautiful of all the goddesses, and we will lose the sun and the moon from the sky. We will grope around in the darkness and the cold, nothing to give us light, nothing to give us warmth, and it's all your fault. Now, use that cunning brain of yours. Use that loom of mischief and weave together an idea of how we can break this agreement. Well, Loki knew that he had to do something and do it soon. 
Now it was just approaching the last day. And again, that night, the horse was down at the quarry, and they were filling up the last of the stones, and he was about to be carrying it up. When suddenly there was a beautiful young mare appeared from out of a clump of trees, and it kicked its heels up in the air, and it seemed to smile at the stallion, and it scampered over to him, and it danced around him, and the stallion was getting more and more excited, more and more agitated. Well, the giant was trying to hold him in place by the reins, but when the mare ran over to this thicket and gave a little whinny, oh, that was too much for the stallion, and he broke the reins, and he ran after that mare. And the mare ran in front of him, and the stallion ran after her, and the man ran after his stallion, cursing it as he ran. Well, this went on all night, the horses running, the man running after them, until the morning broke and the man had lost sight of the horses, and he had to return back to the work site. And there was the stones that he was prizing out from the hillside, but now there was no way of getting them up to the walls to finish it off, and there was still part of the gateway that wasn't finished. And then he was angry. He was furious, and he called to all the gods, and he called them for oath-breakers and tricksters and liars, and in his rage he cast off his disguise. And they saw him then in his true form. He was not a huge man. He was a huge rock giant. And soon as Odin saw that, he said, A giant here in Asgard. Well, all the agreements are off. The oaths are broken by you and your trickery. And so we are breaking the oaths too. You can't do that, he said. I am to be paid. I am to get Freya and the sun and the moon, and I want them. Word was sent to get Thor immediately. Now Thor had been away hunting trolls out to the east, and he was brought back. And as the man was raging, this huge rock giant was raging in front of the walls of Asgard, then Thor sprang up, and in his hand was Mjolnir, his hammer, and the hammer came down on the skull of the rock giant, and it was smashed to pieces, and that was the end of him. But they had virtually all the walls of Asgard rebuilt. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> now, <coughs> Time passed, <clears throat> and no one had seen <clears throat> Loki for quite some time. A lot of months since anyone had last set eyes on Loki. But one day he came back 
trotting up over the rainbow bridge, and he was leading behind him a horse, a young colt. But this was no ordinary colt, because this horse didn't have four legs. It had eight legs, and he led it up to Gladsheim, right to Odin himself. And he said, Odin, I have brought you a gift. Yes, Loki, I can see that, he said. This is my son, Slipner. It was, of course, Loki who was the mayor. Loki is a shapeshifter. But he carried Slipner in his womb, and he suckled the foal as well, until it was a young, fine, strong colt. And then he passed the reins of it over to Odin, all-father, and he said, Here you are, my blood brother. This is a steed like no other. Sleipnir will outrun any horse in the worlds. No horse can keep up with Sleipnir. Sleipnir will run over land faster than any horse, but not only that, it can also run over the sea and run through the air as well. It will bear you well as I bore him. And Odin thanked Loki for the gift, but he eyed Loki with a strange and inquisitive questioning gaze. Yeah, there was going to be more strife between him and Loki sometime in the future, but that lay a long way off yet.